Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And he assures them that they are not alone, that he and his Father and the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will be with them. But then, suddenly almost, Jesus stops teaching and preaching and looks up to the heavens and prays to God for his disciples, for us. He prays for them, for us, to witness God's love and unity in the world. He prays that they, that we, carry on God's mission in the world, just as Jesus has done. And so here now, from the Gospel of John, a small portion of Jesus's prayer for his disciples then and now. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Thanks be to God for this holy scripture. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts and minds be pleasing unto you this day and forevermore. Amen. When their spirits were waning, the great football coach, Vince Lombardi, stood before his players and said, gentlemen, this is a football. Lombardi understood that his players needed to return to the fundamentals, to their core understanding of who they were as NFL football players. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, this, is the Bible. May we too be grounded in the core understanding of who we are as Christians. We have just placed this beautiful book, the foundation of our faith, in the hands of our fourth graders. This book, the most powerful, life-changing, prophetic, confusing, often misquoted, potentially dangerous, precious, holy book represents our core understanding of who we are as people of faith, as Christians. As we place this precious gift in the hands of our youth, it is good for us to consider our own relationship with the Bible. And if it's been a while, maybe even pick up your own copy, dust it off, and visit it with a fresh perspective. For some, reading the Bible just seems too hard and confusing, and so they gave up a long time ago trying to understand it. I get that. I've been there. For others, it's the first place they turn when searching for words of comfort 
for God's promises of assurance and love or for guidance. Like the psalm that Rich read, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, but instead delight in the law of the Lord. On his law, they meditate day and night. For others, it may be the last place they turn to for words of comfort, because somewhere along the way, words from the Bible have been used to exclude them or even shame them. Well, I was reminded of this tragic misuse of scripture when I read this post on Twitter. Christian, if your church has women preaching, whether occasionally or regularly, hear me very clearly. You need to find a new church. Yes, friends, in 2021, there are still gentlemen who consider themselves Christians professing this to be true. I wanted to move on quickly from this post, but I just couldn't help read some of the responses, many of which I can't even repeat in church. But here are a few of my favorites. Christian, if your church has women preaching, hear me very clearly. Your church is embodying the gospel. Women have been preaching the resurrected Christ from the beginning. Carry on, sisters. A woman's place is in the pulpit and anywhere else God calls her. Or this one. Don't listen to this drivel. He's leading you astray, away from love. Jesus appeared to women first. They spread the message of the resurrection. You know, the good news. And maybe my favorite of all. Christian, if your church has women preaching, whether occasionally or regularly, hear me very clearly. You need to be thankful for them. And then there was my least favorite response, the one who quoted a couple of dubious lines from 1 Corinthians 14 in defense of the original post. Women should be silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be subordinate, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to know, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Now, I don't know about the rest of you. I see a lot of women shaking their heads. But reading only these first few lines out of the Bible without context, without historical understanding, without the rest of the story, would cause me to want to toss this holy book across the room. Which is why I have no doubt that many of us find the Bible so hard to read, hard to understand, find it confusing rather than enlightening. While I think it all has to do with what lens we choose to use when we set out to read this holy text, it has to do with the fundamentals of our faith, which as a Christian is the story of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I think it would help if instead of beginning at the beginning, we actually began our reading of the Bible by reading Jesus' great commandment, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And then these words that Jesus prayed for us that we heard from the Gospel of John. The words that you gave to me, I have given to them. Sanctify them in the truth. Sanctify them in your word, for your word is truth. May the love that you have for me be in them. God's words were placed in Jesus, and Jesus has entrusted those words with us. 
Jesus's words and the way he lived in his life displayed the very character of God. This may very well be the most important reason to read the Bible, to read and learn about Christ's character, to learn how he lived, to listen to his hopes and dreams for us, to fully understand and embrace that Christ, that God, is first and foremost love. If we interpret all scripture through the lens of love or try to reconcile it with how Jesus lived his life, then we would never suggest that women have no place in church. We know that Jesus befriended women. We know that Jesus first appeared to the women after his death. We know that the words quoted from 1 Corinthians weren't Jesus's words. It's not even evident that they were Paul's words, but were possibly added later, even after Paul's death, but attributed to Paul. And of course, we may never know why the men who ultimately decided what would be included in the Bible would choose to include these words so in conflict with how Jesus lived and preached. And we can only imagine why someone in 2021 would want to pluck this obscure passage from the Bible and use it to prevent women from speaking in church. As one Christian theologian said this week, if your theology does not make you more loving, get rid of your theology and choose love. If we read the Bible with a sense of Christ's presence within and around us, it will allow us to live vitally and faithfully in the world, fully engaged with its needs and wounds and energized by the truth of God's word, by the truth who was sent into the world that we all might have a more abundant life here and now. It can be hard to hear the truth above the din and noise of the world, but when we hear the voice of love calling us, challenging us, prodding us to greater and more unselfish love, then we can be certain that that is the voice of Jesus who calls. Our job as disciples and purveyors of the truths of the Bible is to learn to hear Christ's voice. And that, my friends, is why we must read, study, discuss, and yes, wrestle with the Bible to be sure that we are clear in our understanding of Christ's teachings, remembering first and foremost and always to read through the lens of love. Or put more simply, we must return to the Bible so that we are not tempted by anyone's drivel that leads us away from love, away from, you know, the good news. And Christians, the fact that this church, our church, not only allows, but embraces women speaking from the pulpit, causes me to be very, very thankful. And if I might be so bold, I think Jesus is thankful too. Amen. Rise now and join 